Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. And me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. Dating today is a world away from what it was even just 10 years ago. With dating apps, millennials are finding it harder to meet people than ever before. And even when we do, who's to say we won't be ghosted, breadcrumbed or zombied? So that's why we decided to launch Millennial Love as two long-time singletons in their 20s, talking candidly about all of the things everyone is doing but not always willing to admit. Today, we are super excited to welcome poet, producer and mental health ambassador Charlie Cox. Hello. Hi, Charlie. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Hey, my Um, pleasure. So, Livy and I are huge fans of your poems, but I think it would be good, in case anyone doesn't know you, if you could introduce yourself and explain a little bit how you got into poetry and what you're up to now. Sure, there's, that's always so much pressure. I'm, uh, you, you can do it. <laughs> you, know, I am, you know the answers. <laughs> yeah, I think I should really be solid on this one, shouldn't I? And somehow I'm not. Uh, I am a poet and producer. Um, I got into poetry maybe... Maybe like 10 years ago now. And how old and are you now? 23. Wow, so you started at 13. I was I was a small child <laughs> and just never told anyone. I was so embarrassed that that was my idea of fun or that was a hobby. So I was like, I'm just going to keep this in my diary and never show anyone and never talk about it. Uh, and then a really wonderful thing happened when I was about 18 or 19 and I discovered wine. And so (laughs) it's always a wonderful thing when that happens. It's a really wonderful time when you're like, red wine, who knew? (laughs) Delicious. Um, And would stand on my side of my friend's sofa and read poems at them, whether they wanted to hear them or not. And eventually they're like, just can you do something with this? Like, this is so silly that you only ever do this when you're drunk or you think that it's really embarrassing. Write them or read them? Read them. So I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. It's like quite embarrassing and very personal. And then a year and a half ago, I put them on Instagram and it's done, done all right since. Well, yeah, it has. Your book, we absolutely adore. Thank when you. did it come out, the book? A month ago now. Oh, this is brand new. Yeah. It's very exciting. I know. I've how, um, I mean, we can talk about this a bit later, but how much of the poetry... Oh, wait, so we should say, also say the name of the book for anyone wants it. Oh, yes. She Must Be Mad. Yes. That's right, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> um, and she is. Yeah, absolutely. The best, the best ones are, are <laughs> I was going to say. Um, so I was going to ask how much of your personal life influences your poetry, because you read those poems and they feel deeply personal, particularly the ones about love. And But one of my favourite ones is actually uh, the one where... It, it says um, not everything I write is about you, which yeah. I also love because I, I write songs sometimes and I know that, you know, I they're inspired by certain encounters and certain people, but I'm a bit of a fantasist and I like to make things up. So I wonder if you're the same. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole the whole book is very, someone used the word exposing the other week. <laughs> like, oh God, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is very honest. It's very personal. It is all 
everything in there is true and very much about things that have happened to me about my life about my love life so much of it I've really shot myself in the foot no one is ever going to want to marry me I mean we look feel the me. same I mean yeah it's to preaching to the choir over here look at what we're doing every week yeah. <laughs> we literally air our dirty laundry like every uh, week yeah <laughs> but it's really funny because so I've had so many failed relationships off the back of boys being frightened that I would write about them and so interesting. it's a really basic equation where if you're not horrible to me then I probably won't write a poem about or you if you're nice to you you're then you get a nice poem, poem. Mm. I know who thought who Simple knew that, isn't it uh, but what's quite interesting is obviously if you write like a memoir then you might name people and there's lots more you know details put into your stories but if in a poem you know, there's always intrigue and like, oh, is that talking about... Is, do you get people going up to you going, oh my God, is that poem about so-and-so? Yeah, the, fir- the first time I did a poetry performance, I prefaced one of the poems with, and this was about one really awful date and went into detail about it. And six of my friends were stood at the back with my mum and they all went, oh, we hate him. Oh. <laughs> I knew exactly who it was going to be about <laughs> as soon as I read it. Yeah, there, I, th- I think there were a lot of nervous people that are picking Mm. it up and flicking through but I did out of grace and courtesy a month before it went to finish copy I got in touch with four guys and said look this might sound familiar to you I just wanted to warn you that this is going in the book your name obviously isn't on it but I didn't want you to think that I'd used you Mm. as fodder or that's very nice courtesy of you um and like three were flattered one didn't reply <laughs> really i think it's really good though because i i mean i would hope that those boys would read the poems that are about them because it would help make them realize they all God, have egos as well yeah they do they'd probably want to see themselves in print first of all but also i'm sure they'd benefit from seeing christ i actually really hurt this girl or this yeah. these were the consequences of my actions like that's a healthy thing like there are some things that you just can't say directly to a person mm. but putting it into art whether it's songs or poetry mm. i mean obviously a lot of guys might read it and be like oh yeah whatever but you would hope that you know I, yeah i've had a really astounding response there was one um guy in particular who was like god i was really awful to you and i'm wow, so sorry really? like, wow I should have shown you this poem two years yeah. ago when I couldn't get out of my bed because I was so sad. Oh. But it is it is funny how people latch up. I think because poetry is so, I don't know, when you think of poetry, you think of it being like a really soft, lovely, sort of like little vignette of feelings and emotions. Mm. And that seems so much nicer to give to someone to try and unravel than it's the it's hard, like solid truth. Of yeah. writing someone a love poem or something. Yeah. But, you know, it's not what it's like. And I think I love what you do because I think people often associate poetry with old stuffy like things that they make you learn in school and it it seems like it's not relevant to modern day life and you show that it is Mm. and speaking of which we would love you to read one of your poems that we think you know gives a good taste of what you do and we actually quite a lot of us spoke to us and because we you know there's so many about love and dating and yeah we thought we would ask you to read she moves in her own way. I can do that. Try and stop me. <laughs> okay, this is an exclusive, kind of, maybe. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Um, you ready? Yeah. You're ready. Take this it is away. very, very intimate. I know. Private reading. <laughs> it was sticky in your apartment. I stuck my eyes to every corner where you'd stuck up old postcards 
an entire museum of your life and more a window. Frame the shrilling stuck-up summer silhouettes in the pub down below. You stuck a scratched record on that played the once smooth staccato. You poured me a glass of wine that slipped sticky to my sides, that slipped your fingers across my thighs. I felt stuck. This time, I promised myself I wasn't giving up. You said, stick around, and I cleared off the dark sediment red wine muck from my lips and kissed you in a way that begged to reverse ownership. But instead, it sellotaped my wrists tight together around your hips whilst my internal monologue screamed, you're hopeless at this. You don't want to do this. You always do this. You don't have to be this person. You don't have to quench your thirst on him. Tell your body its anxiety isn't a passion to burst on him. Don't try and fill the void with empty consumption. This moment in time that your lie and say was sweet seduction was just another episode of you orchestrating a personality reduction into a girl you have no business being, no pleasing being. Stop teasing feeling from an inner drought that only dried to be that way because you gave all of your kindness out instead of spending it on yourself. I stop as your eyes unstuck from mine. You swig from the bottle of wine and I muster up the courage to say, I don't want to be just tonight. I've said it before and let it be denied and you laugh with a cocksure sigh and hit me with another line like why can't you just be a girl for a good time and it's the just that juts and ricochets and it slaps stuck to my ongoing conflict with myself I reach for a souvenir placed on your shelf throw it between my palms imagine what false comfort I'd find within your arms and put it back I give learning from less than a crack I stop myself from telling you that you're such a when you text me in the next morning to say my excuse as a woman is appalling for leaving in a rush. It was sticky in your apartment and it was there that I realised I was bored of being stuck as a girl whose muchness amounted to just the night. Oh, I love it so much. So it's good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. There are so many lines that I love. One yeah. in particular I think is the one where you say you, you kiss them desperately trying to reverse ownership. I love that because I feel like that's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that kind of describes when you feel like you're more into that person than they are into you. And you're desperately trying to switch that around so that you feel like you're in control. It's so hard. It's so hard. I find myself <laughs> in that situation more often than not. Yeah, and me too. Yeah, particularly in that moment, I just remember thinking, if I can kiss you in a certain way, then maybe... I'll be the strong, confident one mm. that's calling the shots with what happens next. And then instead, you know, you go to do it and then I completely melted away. I was like, I'm too scared. <laughs> I can't do this. Maybe, maybe you are in control, which is so dumb. And by the end of that night, I realized that so much of what I was doing and how I was behaving was really bad. And I wasn't being kind to myself. I really mm. wasn't listening. You know, you can consent to someone you also have to consent to yourself. Mm. And I didn't realize that I was never mm. consenting to how I really felt. That's so interesting. I think there are so many parts of that that are really relatable. For me, it's kind of, there are one of the levels, it's this idea of feeling like you need to be the cool girl, the good time girl, the chill girl. Mm. And there's that other part of, maybe you don't actually want to sleep with this person or stay over with this person but you're there now, and so you feel like you have to, and do you? It's so messed up. I can't, like, I, I can't remember really a single situation where I have been single and I've been dating, where I felt comfortable owning my own 
actions with how a night ends because you almost feel as though or you're made to feel and that's not necessarily from the other person but through like years of entrenched like awful bad learning that you owe someone something or you know you're you've led someone on or if you're here then this means this or and so then it just becomes so much easier to go with something Mm. instead of working out your own internal battle and then being fearful of the response of somebody else yeah yeah. That just sounds so yeah. much trickier than going like, okay, fine, I'll just stay. I guess I'll just stay here then, yeah. shall I? If you really like someone, your almost gut reaction is to just be submissive in every situation, just to be like, I'm so easygoing. Yeah. Well, we're going to sort of get into that into our <laughs> mm. main discussion topic today. But before we do, let's have dating debrief time. Well, do I have a story for you? Oh, it's a good story, <laughs> this one. I've heard it. Okay, so... We did an episode last week on holiday romances and I I didn't tell this story, um, but I will tell this story. So I went on a girl's trip to France and we thought, you know, the boys aren't here this time because we did it last year with guys and this was just girls, less people. There were like seven of us, six of us. And um, we were like, you know, it's gonna be super chilled. We'll just have some nice drinks and go out on a couple of evenings. Anyway, we went out one night in um, the south of France and I came back with a boy, Ooh. a French boy, um, who was four years younger than me. <laughs> um, and we get back to the house. Also very fit. I've seen pictures. Yeah, he's a model. Ooh. Also so not usually my type. Anyway, we then get back to the house and all of the girls are stranded outside the house. No one can get in. <laughs> pretty sure they were also all topless as well i don't know why there was just something very feral about this holiday like being with all of <laughs> your closest great. friends like we were just all like naked the whole time so it's just oh. a very weird situation you're painting such a fabulous <laughs> picture like right any now any sort of straight men listening to this are gonna be like having hot flushes on the tube <laughs> i was clothed i was clothed my sure. friends definitely weren't sure, sure. um so then all of the girls are stuck i was like guys what's going wrong why can't we get into the house and the, we had the key but the key was broken somehow like it was a really old french door so we just couldn't get in. Uh, meanwhile, the girl who owns the house was with a guy at his house. So it wasn't there. So we were like, what are we going to do? Anyway, somehow it's like, it's like five in the morning as well. And we're all so drunk. Um, and all like, you can just imagine like drunk girls trying like, oh, I can't do it. You don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> Literally trying to get into the house. Um, like, That's me every morning just trying to double lock my front door. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were so incoherent. Anyway, we, met, we managed to get into like one section of the house, like downstairs that isn't connected to the rest of it. But there were like sofas and two beds. So we'd all just slept there. Woke up the next morning. My friend comes back. Um, we're all still trying to get in. Still and the drunk. French boy is still here at this French point. French boy is still here at this point, <laughs> wondering like, what the hell am I doing with all these crazy naked ladies? Um, mm, and I don't think, okay yeah. <laughs> I think he was wondering anything yeah. at that time. I think he was like, oh, I'm <laughs> anyway, he then um, we basically figured out we need to smash open a window to get into the house. So this guy goes and gets this ladder. It's like a seven or eight foot long ladder. Um, carries it I don't know how because we tried to move it down the day after and it was so heavy <laughs> just does it all on, on his own flings it up against the side of the house climbs up like Spider-Man with a rock smashes a rock through the window unhooks the window gets into the to the bathroom then has to lock unlock the bathroom door because it's locked from the outside I had to like break into it so like move these panels I don't actually know how he did it move these glass panels that were in the door to like get his hand through and unhook it anyway he did it he unlocked it 
he opened the door and the six naked girls were like, oh my God, you're a hero. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh my God, this poor guy got so much more than he bargained for last night. He's probably really regretting meeting us. And but you've been married ever and since. Then, yeah, and now we're getting married. No, it was just, yeah, it was a very bizarre set of circumstances. And then he ended up hanging around the next day till like 4 p.m., um, and it was just a weird situation. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, we're 24 years old. <laughs> How is this happening right now? It's so <laughs> random. I love it. But I wish one of you guys, the girls, had, like, been the one to go up with the ladder. So and do in. I. I know. I just didn't have the Why strength. Why do you need the stupid man to do it? I was still drunk. <laughs> I, don't, right. I, I don't know. I'll Health and safety. Off. Yeah. Not getting on a ladder. I suppose. I agree, though. I, the, the feminist inside me was like, I can break into the house yeah. myself. Exactly. But Carry I didn't. I just brought the boy home. Happily, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you contributed something useful Thanks. to the night exactly. and the morning. Yes. Uh, and the next day. How's your life, Rachel? <laughs> oh, great. I haven't been up to any dramatic antics like that, but I have fallen in love <laughs> with, <laughs> with Mamma Mia 2. The oh, film. That's <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so obsessed. But actually, what I'm mostly in love with is the character of young Bill. I am so in love with him. And if you've seen the film, which I've seen twice, and I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop since I saw it, um, there's this one scene where Lily James' character's on the boat with him, and literally all I feel like I want in my life right now is to be on a boat with young Bill. However, on a more serious note, I will say, I actually, I think this film is so brilliant because actually it's about being sexually free and liberated as a woman and having fun. It's about like women raising their babies single moms and not needing a man and I don't know, it actually sounds like a really lovely message as well as the fact that it's just like like bloody awesome tunes like a fantastic cast it's very uplifting film could not recommend more I need to go and see it I haven't seen I it either guys I'll come with you <laughs> I'll see you again the date <laughs> well I'm just saying it's called Here We Go Again so I will keep going again and again and again <laughs> absolutely so Today, guys, we're going to talk about... Wait a minute. We have a bio what? of the week. Oh my gosh, we do have a bio of the week. We have a I'm bio so of sorry. the week. I'm so sorry. I was so distracted by the thoughts about young Bill that I forgot. Um, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, so bio of the week is from a man called John. John is 27 and his bio reads, Body type. Works out but lifts down the street from a Colombian bakery. Backpacked once. I thought that was so cute. Wait, hold on. Wait. Works, works out but lives down the street from a Colombian bakery. But, mm, I don't get it. So it's so, like... So he goes like to the gym, but... but also goes to the bakery. But eats like a lot That's of like bread. a funny law. Okay, line. got it, got it. What do they serve in a Colombian bakery, though? Doesn't matter. It's a bakery. <laughs> okay, sorry. Maybe we should go. Yeah. I, mean, I Well, I just didn't know that Colombia was renowned for its baked goods. It's a, it, it does, <laughs> Coffee it's a, and chocolate and cocaine. It's a bakery. There's going to be it's delicious Colombian cocaine cookies. The fact cocaine cookies. Guys, you're just Thank really God you're here, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I get it well. It makes sense. <laughs> really missing the point of this. What I'm saying is this is quite a lull line and I quite like it because it's a bit more down to earth because you see a lot of guys who are just like, Jim is my life. And he's like, work out, but also Colombian bakery. And I'm like very much on board with this. And then I also think it's quite funny how he's done the backpack once because so many guys on dating apps and probably girls too are like, I'm just a free spirited traveler and I'm like backpacking. All the Here time. I am with a doped up tiger and my singer beer <laughs> wife beater. Exactly. Yeah. We've seen that so many times. And he's like backpacked once. Quite frankly, I might steal this from myself. I mean, I don't live down the street from a Colombian bakery, but. Have you backpacked once? Yes. Have once? you? Yes. Where'd you go? 
Southeast Asia. Did you? <laughs> I'm such a cliche. But I didn't do the classic route. I did a slightly... Di- I went to different countries. I'll have you know. Oh my God, you're so alternative. Proud yeah. of you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. So as I said about two minutes ago, we're going to talk about <laughs> why we let people, people we like treat us like rubbish Mm. because this happens i see it with myself i see it with all my friends both men and women people who can be like super strong super independent super don't let anyone walk over them don't let anyone treat them badly then they like someone sometimes even just a crush it's not like they fall in love but they let that person treat them like an awful human being gives them not the time of day not message them like like do all these things that just they know that they deserve to be treated better and they would tell any of their friends what are you doing get out of there you deserve so much better but why can't we see it when it's ourselves it's, it's so horrible and hard isn't it i I feel like it's maybe my hobby is to (laughs) engage in any sort of relationship where I think someone might mistreat me because it gives you validation on all of the negative things that you already think about yourself. Mm. So it's like a weird, like masochistic comfort. What do you think? I think that's that's where mine comes from if I was to psychoanalyze myself. I I think I'm like fat and boring and ugly. So if... A guy is like, yeah, you are fat and boring and ugly. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Like, I just wanted to make sure we we're all on the same page with that, which is oh, nonsense. No, I know what you mean, though. It And it almost, I've had guys before, like, exacerbate these, like, really deep insecurities that I didn't, e- didn't even yeah. know existed. It's like negging. There's mm. like some totally deluded, supposed strategy for guys to pick up women by like negging them, where it's like when you give them a really backhanded compliment. Mm. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example now, but it's like they might be like, oh, your hair's a really nice style. Have you ever thought about like dying at brunette though? Or something yeah. like that. I think it's almost even more subtle than that. Like I've had guys, the things that have ruminated in my head that have made me feel terrible about myself. Like I've had guys say to me, I think you're really hot and funny, but I don't want to see you anymore. And yeah. and that really, really affected me because yeah, okay, that that's a compliment in one sense, but for me, all I hear in that is I think you're superficial. I don't yeah. think you're intelligent. I don't think you're interesting. I don't think mm. you know you're as intelligent as I am. Like though, I just hear the negatives. And I don't also he- that hot and funny still isn't good enough. Exactly. Like when I'm not we're good constantly enough. being told that yeah. you should mm. be hot and funny, and that's how you get a guy. And he's still Ugh, I don't know. like him. Glad he's no, not around no. anymore. He was he was one of the ones that deluded me and made me keep going back, being like, oh no, but I. It's it, you're right it is masochistic you mm. just we we know that we're not being treated well and we hear our friends telling us he's awful what are you doing like you're so much better than him and i want to you know reiterate that this obviously isn't just about men <laughs> i'm sure that women do this too yeah. but it's it's we just keep going back for more it's almost it's like self-harm in a way yeah. but you know what's so interesting charlie you were saying that you sometimes think you go for guys that on some level you know aren't going to treat you right i never do that I never like I I'm, or I I never like go like when I start seeing a guy I think like oh he seems like the type of guy who's going to treat me badly but I don't care I like him anyway. <laughs> I like I always think they're going to be good and decent. I've yeah I I think young Charlie <laughs> young, young Charlie <laughs> uh would see danger or I think 
so much of it comes into having really poor mental health and suffering with a mental illness where I only really knew sadness and I only right. really knew what that was, but was so embarrassed to talk about it because it was embarrassing to be like, I've got depression or I've got anxiety or... But then if it was like a bad breakup or a guy that you could see was being a negative influence, I'd be like, oh, it's just because I'm in this awful relationship. Mm. I see. And that felt like an okay mask. Now, yeah, no, I don't deliberately like pick out guys and be like, you look like you could make me cry. You know, they're the worst ones now are the ones that like, God, you used to date such awful men. Like, how did you do that? And then they come in with this facade that they're not going to be awful Mm. but through that think they then have the agency to do awful things because it's not quite as bad as what they think other men have done to you that's what I was going to say is I actually think the really difficult um treatment to deal with is not necessarily because there are major things that someone can do that treat you badly which are you know absolutely horrific things like domestic abuse things like very obvious gaslighting where they manipulate you to doubt your own yeah let's just pause and talk about gaslighting for a sec actually because it's something that did come up in Love Island mm. after Adam and Rosie had a thing. Anyway, and um, there was a women's what was this, what women's was aid women's aid um, sort of put out a warning saying that the, this incident was showcasing signs that pointed towards you know emotional abuse and manipulation. And then people were talking about gaslighting, which is basically where you manipulate someone to doubt their own sense of reality and it's emotional abuse. It yeah, is. it's saying things like, "Well, you're making that up." And yeah. yeah, making someone doubt what they perceive to have happened. And I think those are pretty major things, like things like slut shaming, body shaming. But I think it's the really minor things that keep you coming back to someone for more. Yeah, yeah. And I actually do think that on some level, we are attracted to people who we deem exciting in some capacity. Mm. And the fact of the matter is that if they sort of aren't, replying to your messages or this you know so so often I see my friends and myself as well will sort of be dating someone it's in the early stages and you're like when you're with them you're like oh my god we got on so well this is so great but then they mess you around so much because then they don't message you for five days Mm. and they like but then they'll like give you all these mixed signals and all this stuff that's messing you around and you're like yeah it's not right I deserve to be treated better then you do ultimately meet up and you're like oh but you know I just really like it when I'm with them and you're like it's so it's so common and it's like but but they're, they're not treating you right there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
I guess like so much of it as well comes from as women we're constantly told that we have to be liked oh yeah you've got to be the people pleasing the the likable exactly you know the soft girl the funny girl the pretty girl Mm. but ultimately the the nice girl yeah it's very dull like very very dull so then and there's also this idea that you're like don't be a nag yeah stressy Mm, exactly don't 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 be like his mother don't you know and yeah and then so if you can find someone that likes you enough like oh okay maybe maybe I can do this maybe I can be a nice person but they like they like me and maybe I'm not a nice person so how do I keep up this act how do I keep up this facade and then anything you know any you know any form of like even the slightest form of emotional abuse is then like but I I can put up with that because they like Mm. me and they're sticking around because they're like, dropping you breadcrumbs of interest. And they're making they exactly, me feel like I'm worthwhile. Exactly. Like, I can't believe you. Kind of, though. Just like, kind of. They're kind of making you feel worthwhile. Mm. And because this is where, like, I hate it, but it, everyone always says, treat them mean, keep them keen. And, like, that's obviously, like, quite a stupid thing to do. But the reason it in some way works is that it taps into the other person's insecurities. Yeah. And it makes them feel insecure about how much... They, how much you like them, which then makes them want you more. And it's, it's, it's mind games. It is mind games. It's not healthy. And it's like what I always say is that you need to remember that you deserve to be treated as a priority, not an option. But the, the stupid thing is that humans seem to be hardwired that when it's just easy and you both like each other the same amount and everything's just like easy breezy and like great it's like "Mm, this is fine but we sort of thrive on when it's not so easy and it's the drama and they're like do they like me do they not like me it's the game it's the chase and why are we like this i i i think sorry i just when you were saying that i was like you know what i think the reason why we're sort of taught to chase after people that maybe don't like us is because we think that it's going to be so much more gratifying when we do get them at the end and we're we're just unable to see like like you know they're not interested they're just messing you around it's the mixed signals but equally there's a part of you that's always subconsciously like no but when i do get them to come on a date with me or to ask me on a date or to you know whatever yeah they're gonna fall madly in love with me and i'm like yes i did this amazing achievement it's weird Mm. isn't it i think there's so much of that comes from literature and film and songs and Mm. you know we are fed so much rubbish from such a young age of what that's going to look like and you know if you just hang about or if you just stay quiet or you know you keep chasing Mm. like then you'll have this most like the most amazing anecdote to tell your kids in (laughs) 10 years to come or you know like that's going to be that magic moment when you do your wedding speech like and you remember when I was a psycho for three months and everyone was like what is she doing but I knew what I was doing that doesn't happen doesn't happen also makes you sound like completely bonkers if you're like oh no but I texted you loads and then you eventually caved <laughs> like that's yeah, not how like, you want your narrative not, to be it's not fair no you know, because it then also and I think women in this situation but from personal experiences it's always you that's the crazy one yeah or you know it's you that has driven I had in fact I had a conversation with my dad about this this morning on the phone I have 
entered a conf- I have a not boyfriend currently. Ah, uh, I see. Classic not boyfriend. Someone you're seeing. S- a not boyfriend that also doesn't live in this country. Um, oh, summer man. romance. Now I'm <gasps> no idea what's going on. Anyway, Classic. so I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, look, I really don't want to mess this one up. Give me your like most brutal male advice. Mm. I love that you went to your dad. I mean, it's really cute. We we've never had this relationship before, but so it's like a new one. Where I'm like, look, I need you, <laughs> help That's me. So cute. Um, and he was like, yeah, just uh, ignore him. Don't <laughs> like, don't text him. He's like, really? maybe he was like, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't even like you. That's like, a brutal. I was like, what? No, I mean, yes, I asked for brutal advice, but and then I had to explain to him why that was so unhealthy and damaging and. Like, why can't, as two consensual adults that clearly have feelings for each other, just be like, I like you. Yeah, I like you too. Cool. Done. I know. Why is that so hard? Oh, my, I don't know. I'm literally, I have the same situation as well. I've been in that situation so many times where it's like, you know, two people like each other, but then you just sort of fall off the radar with, like, communication. But there's no obvious reason as to why. It's just like it was going well and then, I don't know, someone goes away and then there are That's mixed signals. That's not necessarily signals. them treating you badly. No, it's things not. Things are mutually fizzling. It's not. Yeah. But then, but how do you know if it's mutually fizzling or not? I feel yeah. like you almost need the cutoff point to be like, do you like me or not? But obviously no one ever wants but to say you, that. then you get told, like as a woman, like if you say, like, look, do you like me or not? Then you're going to scare him away. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Why are we always why, told? Why don't are we the ones that yeah, are exactly. scaring them away? It's like, actually, you're hurting my feelings like you're upsetting me yeah. you're putting me in a real place of jeopardy where I either need to know if I'm getting on with my life or I'm moving forward with you yeah it does go both ways as well though like I've definitely advised male friends to be like maybe just like when they're like pursuing a woman they like and sometimes they'll be like maybe just like chill out a little bit because if you're like this keen it might put her off yeah I have too and you know it's a du- it is a double standard because if guys are too keen with me I'm instantly put off oh really I love that do you? If I, it depends if I if I like if them. If I like them back, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If no, but I, I never do if they like me. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. And like, it's so funny. I think perceptions of women in romance, like, yes, you obviously get like the crazy guy as well. But I do think the crazy woman is much more problematic oh, and yeah. prevalent. And I remember talking to a guy I was seeing once and we were talking about exes. And he was like, yeah, I had this ex and she was she was just really angry. That's all he said about her. And my fir- and I felt like such a bad person. My first reaction was like, okay, don't Never be, be angry. angry. Yeah. Never be angry. And, but how awful is that? I instantly yeah. take that as like, you know, instructions yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. get this guy to yeah. like me. I know, I know. But it's difficult when you're dating because you want, you're trying to put forward this best version of yourself or the version of yourself that's going to make them most like you. And it's really hard. It's really hard. I have so many times actually like, kind of let myself be treated badly by guys and then not really done anything about it at the time until it ended for whatever reason and then it's been months later and I've seen them at a party or something because I seem to end up still like weirdly friends or at least in vague social circles with guys I've dated lol I need to expand my social circles <laughs> um and come then with me yeah, please I'll come I need a new pool <laughs> um no, anyway, what I'm saying is, it's always been like months later, I've seen these guys again, and then like in a slightly alcohol-induced confidence, like told them, had a massive go at them, and told them how badly they treated me, and like, we slept together, and then you didn't message me for five days, and like, you know, really had a go at them. And then they've always been like, oh my God, yeah, like, wow, I'm so sorry for messing you around. You're so right. And I'm like, yes, 
<laughs> yes, I am. But I, I never, I never confronted them about it at the time when I was in it because mm. I don't know, you know. It didn't we tolerate it. We just tolerate yeah. it because we're too scared of being rejected. Yeah, and I hate it when it can make you feel so insecure. It's something as simple as a person you like not messaging you. Mm. You know, a friend recently was freaking out because she'd been like two dates with this guy and it was going really well but then like she messaged at like one night like an evening and then it had got to like lunchtime the next day and they'd been like you know messaging quite quickly and he hadn't replied and she was like i swear to god if one more man ghosts me i'm gonna throw myself out of this building and like you know it it messes with your head and she was like getting so wound up about it just because he hadn't messaged back and like she's not crazy of course she's not crazy she just likes him. Yeah. And then you can't help but think the worst when you've been ghosted so many times and like been sent really mixed signals. And then when you really like someone, you get so cynical about it and you're like, he's going to ghost me because it happens. And then it feels awful. Oh, exactly. And then that's where you start to like reduce yourself down to a much more like basic being and like a basic form of like, okay, well, I know from previous relationships where I've been ghosted you know it could have been because I was too full-on or I was crazy or was I being mm, like a psycho yeah. like oh psycho over it's this awful. like all of this horrid terminology yeah. Yeah. um so then when someone even shows like the slightest sign when they're probably actually just busy you go into a complete meltdown of mm. I'm not good enough again yeah yeah and it's it's awful actually because what we should be saying to ourselves is what our friends are saying to us which is mm. like well, if they ghost you, they're a terrible human and you don't want to be with them and you deserve so much better. But it's really hard to tell that to yourself and make you believe it. You know, I've had it before when I've dated a guy and they've ended it with me. And like, on one level, I've briefly thought like, oh, I wonder if I could like ask for feedback and be like, what do I need to work on? I and love I'm doing like, that. Then I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to work on anything. I need to just find someone who likes me as I am, right? 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 Am I right, ladies? Or should I, should I? <laughs> what do I? No, should we be thinking like, Oh, what can I work on so they don't treat me badly or something? Or my my biggest breakthrough and as a piece of advice that I gave to my friends before a first date and it completely changed the way that I looked at dating and how people felt about me is before a first date, I would always be so nervous. Like, Same. am I going to be funny enough? Are they going to find me attractive? What if they don't fancy me? What if I'm not, that I don't come across as intelligent? What if I do this? And then would get there and be such a wreck and just sit there as a shell, like, hello, my name's Charlie. I'll yeah. have the cheapest wine, thanks. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to split the bill or not. Um, <laughs> and and it was always horrible. But now, when I walk into a dating situation, I'm like, you actually have to impress me? Yes. Like, it's not... That's what my mum always tells me. They she, have to impress yeah. you. They have to excite you. They, you know, in the same way that you're so, you know built and wired to mm. feel like you have to be the impressive shiny object at the table so oh, do they but you know what it goes the other way in that i've been the other person who's been a bit too arrogant and like i've gone into dates thinking like oh my god i really hope i actually like this one <laughs> and then come out of it being like oh my god i really like them oh my god this never happens and then they didn't like me and i'm like what what how? Joking. Not how. Um, <laughs> no, but how? No, but seriously, how? No, have you met really? me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you right now thinking, how? <laughs> Thank you. <Charlie>. Hey. <laughs> um, guys, okay. What? Obviously, it's so hard because we're all still learning how to do this. And I don't know if anyone is ever fully an expert in this, but what, what can we do? What do you think we all need to do, men and women, to 
try and not let people treat us badly in relationships and dating. I think it comes down a lot to trying to remember that like in a few weeks if this has not continued or like a few months you're probably not even going to think about it very much anymore you know if you think it's going towards its end then if you, you try and like remove yourself as if you're looking back on it yeah do you know I what i mean that's a good idea Obviously, much easier said than done. Mm, everything's much easier said than done. I think, to be honest, if you ever find yourself in a situation with a guy or a girl where you feel like you're putting on a show, where you feel like you have to manipulate them to like you, like yeah, but the early stages of dating, you're always putting on a show, like putting on your yeah, best but, of yourself. Yeah, but you know, the early stages of dating could be a few weeks, could be a few months. Like it could in any yeah. situation, really. Um, if you're not boyfriend and girlfriend, I think until you reach that point, you're always. If you feel like you have to be this certain type of person who you're not. Yeah. They're not the right person for you. You should, all of this stuff that we talk about, it should just happen subconsciously. Like you should just get on really well on the mm. first date and not be worrying about, am I being funny enough? Mm. Was that joke too weird? Or, you know, is this dress too short? Oh God, what if he doesn't like my shoes? You know, yeah, like. I think it's it's remembering that, a, your happiness and health is a priority mm. always in any situation, whether that's, you know, your work life or your dating life um, or your whatever part of your personal life. But also, you know, we're, we're so entrenched in this idea of like no pain, no gain. Mm. No good situation is painful. And if you're experiencing pain in something that's supposed to be the th like the exciting throes of like new love or mm. fancying someone and you're finding yourself feeling that awful and that disgusting it's absolutely not right yeah, yeah. and it's not going to yeah. get any better you don't break a pain threshold with dating like there is no threshold you just have to walk away from it yeah i completely agree with that actually i think that's a really good one if you are being made to feel insecure about yourself because of the way someone's treating you not the one no nope. and i also just thought of one more which i kind of touched on earlier but what would you tell, ask yourself what you would tell your friends if they were in your situation mm. and listen to yourself? Okay, great time, guys. A um, few minutes left for a dating dilemma. Let's do it. Thank you for sending this one in. Here goes. Hi, guys. I'm wondering if you can help me. I moved to London in February after two amazing years living and loving in New York. I suffer with my mental health, with problems coming and going over the last seven years from the age of 18. Since moving to London, my anxiety and depression has spiked to the point that I'm now seeking help. God, this sounds ridiculous as I write it, as I'm generally a happy, sociable, functioning person, and this has really knocked the wind out of me. This mental health cocktail is making me feel like a different person. I used to love dating, having casual sex, spontaneous nights out, and I even liked the horrible dates I had from apps, as they were the funny stories. And now, I don't know if it's a byproduct of the anxiety, or the depression, or the loneliness, or if it's the fact that I've been single for such a long time seven years but I now feel like I want to be with someone I've had sh I've had short-lived things with several guys over the years some fun and some heart-wrenchingly unfun but I've always liked being single and enjoyed my life only willing to add someone to it if they were really going to enhance it I also have no single friends here that I can go through this with I'm trying to unteach myself that wanting to be with someone is weak and that I actually am worthy of love the low self-esteem and confidence issues I'm having are leaving me in the dark. 
I've been on one date in the last 18 months and I have no idea how to approach my dating life now. Not only with my current mental state, but also carrying the fact that I think I am truly ready to find someone. It's terrifying. I can't thank you enough for this podcast. I look forward to it every week. It reminds me that I am not, in the words of Enid, Carrie's Vogue editor, the last single girl. Aww. Love that's that she referenced sex in the city. I mean, that's such a sweet ending. There's so much to unpack in this message. Yeah. Oh, I, I, God, I hate, I, it makes me sad that she's, you know, she said it sounds ridiculous to say that, you know, she was struggling with her mental health and she's a happy, sociable you know person but we all know that you know you can be really struggling with your mental health even if on the outside you seem bubbly as anything um i think very difficult so i I guess i'm kind of in a similar situation i'm the same age um single for a very long time um i'm you know i can't really relate to the mental health struggles but I I completely agree with this idea of, you know, only wanting to be with someone if they're going to enhance your life. But I also relate to the fact that she says when you've been single for so long, you almost it kind of becomes part of your identity to be like, I'm single and I don't need a man. And then actually you sort of almost feel like you can't say to yourself, but I but I I might like to find love. And that's okay. It's okay. It's not weak. It's not weak. Right? No, it's far, like far from weak, completely far from weak. That's, you know, it's the most basic innate human response is wanting to find love or be loved or find comfort within that. I would say it's so important to make, to look after yourself enough that when you meet someone, you know, like exactly like what we were just talking about with, it's so difficult when, you know, if you are mistreated to know how much of that is you or how much is them or how you handle that and if your mental health isn't in a particularly good place it might be worth spending that time that you might spend on a date with someone else on yourself Mm. and really looking after yourself to a point where when you're through that you know that you are in a really good headspace where there's no room for it to be codependent or you're not like finding someone to fix you or because then it gets so much trickier and then you feel worse about it and then yeah take take some time for you you know there's plenty of dates there will be plenty of years yeah. plenty of time for tinder yeah but now sounds like a really good time to just sort of step back and also in that time work out what you really want mm. yeah it's funny isn't it because i think when you're going through a hard time if you're single we are fed this idea that someone can fix you like if you're in it like you said, like if you're in a relationship, that person will fix you. It's not the route to happiness, guys. No, it's of course And it's it never not. works. And it never works, but it is also your, it's sort of like your gut reaction. Like, okay, well, if I find someone, they'll, you know, help me escape all of these other problems. No, they won't. Like you have to sort out your own issues first and prioritize your own health above any other person. Yeah. Because Otherwise, I'm not sure you're gonna go like have a healthy relationship. No, of course you're not, because there'll be all these underlying issues that you're still battling until you're, you know, obviously no one's ever 100% okay all the time, but until you're feeling, you know, comfortable with yourself, comfortable in your own skin. But fantastic that she's seeking help. She's taking yeah, action. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I get that maybe you feel like, you know, you want to just get things sorted so you're going to seek help and then you feel like okay then I want to meet guys I want to go on dates I want to be in a relationship I want to find love and you, you feel like I want to do all this now I want to be proactive I want to get it sorted I want to get it done but I don't, I don't think it's as simple as that sadly you can't just be like 
okay, I'm ready now for a relationship. Because sadly, you can't just like buy one online. No, and you're putting too much pressure on whatever relationship that is. You're expecting too much from it. Mm. You're inevitably going to be disappointed. Mm. I think when it comes to low self-esteem and confidence issues, I completely understand how that makes you nervous to date or whatever. But I think like Charlie said, that is something that will build up when you focus on yourself. Like maybe I don't know it sounds might sound kind of silly but I almost think taking up a new hobby that's something just for yourself can make you feel really great like I recently joined a netball team and honestly it I'm like so 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 happy with this decision like it's it's already like enhancing my life so much it's only just started and it's like being part of a new team and it's finding a new activity and I don't know it's kind of just like something that can give you something new that's exciting and that's Mm. for you and will give you some sort of boost and I think you know you can work on self-esteem and confidence from all sorts of angles and you know things like that there's no quick fix it all takes time but I think because as well you're sort of you know aware of all these things that are on your mind and things will get better because you're working on it yeah I mean as she said in her email you know she's seeking help she's being proactive and like if you it takes such strength and guts to seek any form of help Mm. it's so difficult it's so so difficult but it's arguably the most difficult part of all of it Mm. is accepting that you need to talk about it Mm. or that you need outside help so she's already at the peak of Mm. that mountain and now things I hope will get a little better yeah. but please focus on yourself and not on men yeah yeah not yet just not yet but also it's okay for your for your priorities to change like you may have had seven years of like loving having casual sex whatever and then you might be getting to the point where you're a bit over it like that's okay it doesn't it doesn't mean like oh now there's something wrong with me i don't enjoy being single as much as i used to or i don't enjoy like living this lifestyle as much as i used to and that's okay it's actually fine yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, because people people don't fit into boxes. Like, the way that you are in romantic relationships when you're 18, you, you know, is very different from the way that you are when you're 23, 24, because you've gone through certain experiences that have shaped you. And, you know, maybe when you were 18, you had a, a bit more of a liberal approach to casual sex than you do now, or vice versa. Mm. You know, you could have been really terrified of of anything like intimate when you're 18 when all your friends are you know oh, yeah. quite the opposite and then that comes later in life when and then all your friends are like well, what are you doing <laughs> like it could be either way this happens with like so many things as well like with drinking when everyone was like all my friends were like 18 like going wild and i was like i don't like alcohol and then i was like just like bloomed so much later like in finally if you know i was like let's go out and i was like what are you talking about we have finals um so yeah, don't try not to stress out about what your friends are doing. Just because your friends aren't single, they'll probably break up, to be honest, and then they'll be single. Like, <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, honestly, it comes in waves. I've noticed it in my friends anyway. Um, but good luck. Godspeed. And you can do it. Yeah. Everything keep, will be great. Keep fighting the good fight. Absolutely. And Very we're good so advice. pleased you enjoy millennial love. 
If you, listener, have also enjoyed Millennial Love, this particular episode, or just all of them, please, please, please head to Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe because it really helps us get into the charts and helps other people discover Millennial Love, which is all we want, really. And you can also keep sending us your stories. We love receiving them. Um, Sorry as well, yes, we're sometimes a bit slow at replying, mm. but we will always reply, just sometimes slowly. Sorry. We will. Um, I think it's honestly actually one of my favourite parts of doing the podcast is reading your guys' stories and replying yeah. to them. We always screenshot and send to each other. Yeah, so. it's really it's really lovely. And um, so you can send them to us um, at millennial underscore love on our Instagram, or you can email us at millennial.love at independent.co.uk. Uh, any story that you send us, if we do read it, would be kept anonymous, of course. Um, so please do send them or just any thoughts about anything we've spoken yeah, about yeah exactly we love to hear your feedback as well if you have any ideas for topics mm. anything you're going through that you want us to touch on absolutely uh, please do send your thoughts to us yes please do Charlie thank you so much thank for joining us today thank you so much for having me this has been really illuminating <laughs> I always feel like I learn I, f I feel a sense of growth. Mm, yes, we grow, <laughs> we learn, we overshare. It's fantastic. Okay, where can everyone find you and all your wonderful work? They can find me on Instagram, it's probably the best one, mm -hmm. um, which is at charliecox1. It's charlie with an L-Y because I thought I'd make it that little bit more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just fed up of telling people with a Y? It's with a Y. It's with an L Y. It's an L Y. <laughs> um, yeah. So Charlie Cox one on Instagram and Twitter, um, and at my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there quite a lot. Go around with cake. <laughs> <laughs> Come to mine with cake as well, please. Um, that's all we've got time for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, Charlie. And have a lovely week, everyone. See you soon. <laughs>